We come now to what we know as the fencing of the table, and we may read in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we may take up the reading at verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. May the Lord bless that portion of his word to us. Now, the fencing of the table is something that often questions are asked. Why do we really need this? Well, I suppose it is to be seen and should be seen by us as those who sit at the table as a comfort. And while we have to examine ourselves, of course, we also see that there is a need to ensure that we are there because the Lord has called us and to believe that the Lord has called us. So there is a twofold aspect to it. There is a fencing in and a fencing out, a keeping in and a keeping out. There has to be a line drawn so that it is not for just anyone and everyone to come to the Lord's table. You often think it in some of the, not so much in the cities, obviously but in country areas where you would see going along the road, you've all seen them, very high fences when there's deer around. And the whole idea is to protect and to keep separate the, the, the deer and what could happen them on the road and one from the other. So there's a protection in there for them. And for us, this is to be, seek to be protected and kept, but also to keep out what ought not to be there. Well, who should be kept out? Well, however much you know, and however often you attend church, you see, except you love the Lord, the table can never be for you. It's not about how much theology you know. It's not about how much you need to recite of the Bible. It's about loving the Lord first and foremost. These are things, of course, are important. 
And that trumps simply, friends, simply the question that should be asked, and you have to ask yourself, do I truly love the Lord? It's one thing to give a, an affirmative answer to that, but it's the proof in your life that you love the Lord. Are you living according to his word? Oh, you see, I fail him so often. Of course you do. But it's your desire to live according to his word and to seek to honor him in your life. And if it's not, if that is not your priority, church is not to be your priority. Christ has to be your priority. And if he is your priority, and if you love him, then you should be at the table. So then how should those who come, how should they come? Well, I would suggest to you just five very brief points with knowledge, faith, repentance, love, and preparation. With knowledge. What do you need to know, first of all, of your need as a sinner and that you are a sinner before God? But it's not just enough to know that you're a sinner. You need to know the one who is a saviour of you, you being a sinner. Do you know him today? That saviour. I've come to know him a sinner. Ah, but I've also come to know of the saviour. That surely, friends, that knowledge has to be at the centre of it all. But then there is also, you have to come then with faith. Faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in that what he has done for you is all that is required. You cannot add to it, to your salvation. But you should have this faith, trust in him alone as your saviour. And then thirdly, you've got to come with repentance. Ah, friend, you need a broken heart today to really appreciate the broken body and the shed blood. Do you have that repentance, broken heart of repentance? Oh, not as much as I should have. That's not, it's not but the measure. I'll tell you, friend, if you have it at all, even in the smallest bit, it is of the Lord. And you are turning to Christ in it. So with knowledge, faith, with repentance, but also with love. What kind of love? Our love is pretty shallow at times, isn't it? But again, I say to you, if there's love at all for Christ, that has never risen from the unregenerate heart. Maybe you've got the love of a Mary with tears. Or maybe the love of Peter, the Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. But there has to be love for coming and partaking at the table. And finally, with preparation. With preparation. Having given prayer and some thought to what you are to do today. Somebody has put it this way. When we come to the table, we should all ask ourselves, if you knew that this was your last opportunity in this world to sit at the Lord's table, 
would you have prepared any differently? How would you have prepared? Friends, then, we are here, we pray, to partake at the Lord's table in communion with Christ. But don't forget also, while there is a, a, a vertical communion with God and with Christ, there has to be a horizontal communion with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you have any issue with any of those sitting at the table with you, you should have dealt with that before you came to the table. It is communion with Christ and communion with each other. That's how we can remember the Lord's death till he come. So friends, having come then to the table, and we pray having come in faith with love, repentance and knowledge, that we have prepared ourselves, let us then seek to do as he would have us do. And while the elements are as everything we seek to do regarding the Lord's table and everything else in our worship of God, we seek to do so according to the warrant that he himself has left to us in his word. And uh, we may read these familiar words in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we take up the reading at verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup, and so on. Well, let us follow then our Saviour's example as we know. Let us give thanks. O oh, blessed and gracious God, we are thankful at this time that we can come together with thy people, that this is where we are found, once again seeking to be obedient to what thou hast commanded us. There are many occasions in the life of the Christian in this world uh, where he may question if he is doing the Lord's will, and difficult at times to know that. But here is one occasion, O Lord God, that we have a very clear commandment that is set out for us to do this in remembrance of me and so we pray Lord that if we are amongst today those who truly love thee that we would do so in faith and with hope in our hearts and love and gratitude for the wonderful saviour that we have 
who has done all things for us. Blessed Lord, we acknowledge that we are in need of thy Spirit anew at this time, and help us then as we partake to do so with an understanding and a realization that this is the greatest privilege that thou hast bestowed upon us. And we know not if we'll ever meet again like this at this time. We believe, O Lord, and do know for sure that there will be a breach when death will call one of us away. And that may be sooner than we imagine. But for thy people it is a going to a higher table where there shall be no more arise, let us go hence. But where there will be joy that we cannot imagine and that yet we look to and pray for. So bless us now together, keep the enemy of our soul at bay and accept us in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Turn your thoughts to just a few words, four words, that are very familiar to us. In Psalm 116, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Well, as we have spoken, isn't that why we are here today? Because we have come to know and to love the Lord. And having come to know and to love him, we are aware that it must be because he first loved us. That is something I think that every Christian will come to realize when they come to know the Lord. This could never be of myself. No one comes to the Lord's table should come except those, as we said, who love the Lord. But you are here today because you profess to do so. Now when you come to a table, it is because you have an invitation to come. And this is what you have here today an invitation from himself for those whom he loves. What brought you here today? Because you're seeking to be obedient to his command. Yes, because you love the Lord. But then you can love someone and yet not be invited into situation at company at, company at times. So what leaves you here today? because you have the invitation and you have the invitation because he loves you and you have responded because you love him the table is here for you it's a place for friends it's more than that it's a place for family and you've been invited by your elder brother as a brother and sister in the Lord to be here with him. What do you see at the table? What do you expect to see? Well, do you not expect to see himself? In these symbols of the wine and the bread before us. You expect when you come to meet with the one who has invited you to come. The broken bread and the poured out wine 
then they become so meaningful to the not, to those who love the Lord. And we cannot handle these things, these element, elements, without the eyes of our souls particularly looking beyond the broken body and the shed blood. Beyond where this broken body and shed blood was seen at Calvary. Cursed and the blessed Calvary for his people. The eye of faith sees there, in the midst of all his sufferings, we see his glorious obedience. And here you are today seeking to be obedient to his command as well. It is amazing the condescension and humility we see there. Oh, unsurpassed love of Christ for you. Our friends, no wonder we should explain, exclaim, I love the Lord. The sufferings that were a stumbling block to the disciples are now to you a mark of amazing love. To see him there, the nail-pierced hands that you recognize, the nails, the crown of thorns on his head. There's a story told about a woman who was dying, and a local priest heard about her, he knew her, didn't know much about her, but he knew her. So he rushed to the hospital to see her, and he said, I've heard you've been, you're dying. He said, yes, I am. Well, I've come to give you absolution, to give you forgiveness for your sins. And the lady said, oh, to forgive my sins, let me ask you to do one thing first. Lift up your hands so I can see them. Ah, she said, you're an imposter. There's no sign of the nail-pierced hands of the one who has forgiven my sins. And friends, today, as you partake at the table of the bread and the wine, see him there. Beloved Christian today, oh, you may mourn in your heart how little you love him. And yet, you can say that you love him. If that is so, eat and drink then, even though you have a heart maybe broken of the shallowness of your love. This do in remembrance of me. And do it with amazement anew that Christ Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to die in your Roman stead. And say to him as you partake, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And so we read, friends, that as we have it set before us here, I have delivered unto you that with the Lord Jesus the same night which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and he said take it this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me And so often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye to show the Lord's death till he come. And so likewise when he took the cup, this cup is the New Testament 
uh, in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. I love the Lord. Well, friends, you have now done in obedience to his word what you are called to do. You partook of the bread and the wine, the symbols of his broken body and shed blood. And there is no other place you should have been today but at the Lord's table if you are someone who loves the Lord if you know him who forgives and who has forgiven your sins your sins are many but they are forgiven in Christ and when Elsa said that mercy buries our sins and forgets where mercy buries our sins and forgets where aren't you thankful for that today oh how thankful we should be for that here you are then you've declared publicly once again that you love the Lord that's what you're doing in partaking of the bread and the wine by faith you have considered that he died for you was your sacrifice by faith your thoughts have gone back 2000 odd years and also by faith you now not only look back but you look forward to the fulfillment of the promise that wonderful promise remember the Lord's death till he come these are wonderful words to meditate on and by faith, friends, you have not obviously been ashamed to own the Lord today, to declare all that the Lord has done for you. That's what you're saying when you've sat at the table. I love him for what he has done for me and who he is in himself. You know, friends, you and I should be changed by what we have done here today. Every time we sit at the Lord's table, no one should be the same after it. There should be a change, a growing in faith, in holiness, in understanding every time. You are here today then because you saw what he suffered for you taking the punish punishment for your sins. Should we not then, well, this one change surely, we should hate sin after today more than ever before. More than ever before. So that every time we go on, we should hate sin more because we're seeing what sin, our sin, did to our Saviour. And surely the best argument to, 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 to solidify that in our minds is to go off into Calvary, to the cross, and to consider what's there. And friends, let us go forward then. Whatever time we have left in this world, let us go forward to everyone we meet and tell them, I love the Lord. And thank the Lord that he's given you another opportunity 
to witness for him. I conclude with the words of the hymn writer. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Friend, you are rich today. You are rich today. But there's greater riches awaiting in measure at least when you get to see him in glory. Seeing him in the elements, in the symbols there, brings our minds to him. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when you meet him face to face for the first time? What can you say but I love you. I love the Lord.